As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Athletic. This is Talk of the Devils, the Athletics podcast dedicated to Manchester United and here we are again holding hands together, getting through it as best we can because Manchester United's European campaign for this season is over after a disastrous 3-0 defeat at Sevilla, 5-2 on aggregate. Quite incredible that United managed to mess that up after going into the final 10 minutes of the first leg, 2-0 up. But here we are, we're going to do it together like we say. I'm in Manchester feeling glum. And there's two gentlemen looking at me who feel exactly the same. And they've got a journey home from Seville because Laurie Whitwell and Andy Mitten are physically hugging as we speak now. He needs it. Andy's... He's, he's, I've not seen you this down for a while, actually. I'm gutted, mate. Since the last time you played Sevilla, I take it. I'm gutted. They're kryptonite, aren't they? What is it about them, this place? But you could sense it, right? Before the game, the fans being up for it. I know we've, we've made big play of it and it shouldn't... Atmospheres of football grounds, that's the whole point of it, right? But they were up for it and from the first, you know, first minute and then inside yeah. the first ten minutes, you know, United have conceded in comically bad fashion. They invited them on and they allowed them to get that energy and you know, from there it just unraveled, didn't it? Yeah, we'll definitely get into the match tonight. There's no question about that. But before we do that, because there's a lot to unpack, isn't there, in fairness, from from that ninety minutes. Um it's not exactly the fanfare that we wanted to announce this, but we are still very excited to say that we will be hosting our very first Talk of the Devils live show in Manchester on Wednesday the 17th of May. Myself will be there, Andy, Laurie and Carl, of course as well. It's at Manchester's New Century Hall. Tickets are on sale now. They're priced at £25. You probably will have seen some of the announcements on social media over the last 24 hours or so. If you haven't, go to any of our uh, Twitter accounts. There's a link on there. 
how to buy the tickets. But if you've not seen that, you can still go just to myticket.co.uk and search for Talk of the Devils Live. We'd love to see you there. We'll be talking about Manchester United season, whatever state it's in. By the time we get to the 17th of May, uh, there might even be talk about chips. Uh, I don't know. Um, the chips are down, Ian. The chips are down, aren't they? Uh, yeah. do, you know how many, do you know how many chips, when I posted that I was in uh, Seville, the amount of replies I got on Instagram saying, chips, get yourself some chips, 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 chips. It was something that Andy said as a throwaway comment, and this is now going to stay with me, isn't it? Particularly any time I'm in Spain. It's going to stay with you forever. So, yeah, we might talk about that on the night. We might talk about activated charcoal cocktails. Um, we might have some activated charcoal. We, we, we've drink this, though, haven't we? Let me finish the plug, <laughs> we mate. We thought... <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. Who <laughs> getting giddy here. Go on. Yeah, we might talk about chips. We might talk about deactivated charcoal cocktails or activated... I don't know. But whatever the circumstance of Manchester United season is, it promises to be an absolutely brilliant night. Tickets are on sale now. Get yourself on our Twitter account or myticket.co.uk and search for Talk of the Devils Live. £25 plus booking fee. It'd be absolutely brilliant to see you there. Um, Right. It's our fault, this, isn't it, really? To be honest. I mean... (laughs) Sorry. We announced it yesterday that we were doing this and today we're out of Europe and I don't know who thought they were lining up a live show the night before a Europa League semi-final home leg glory. Not us. I certainly didn't mention it in my Instagram post yesterday, uh, sort of reflecting on it thinking this could be a really good week, building up, live show, into the home leg, in a semi-final. Yeah, no, not going to be quite like that, but it does mean... It's going to be the best thing happening in Manchester that week, right? Yeah, I'm pretty the sure that that's all right, Andy, isn't it? There's, there's nothing else happening <laughs> in Manchester that week, I don't think. Nah, nah. I'm gutted, mate. It's hard to get your head around it, isn't yeah. it? Because that was an absolute disaster that tonight. Yeah, it was a disaster. It was a terrible performance and it's we keep seeing Manchester United away from home. When United lose, the team lose really, really badly. This is like seventh and eight. Why do you think that is? I, I just asked the manager that, and he just said we need to be more consistent, and that seems to be obviously so. Um, Laurie said the atmosphere at, at the start. That was the best atmosphere of any Manchester United game this season, home or away. You know, People talk about what it's like at Anfield. It was incredible here tonight, right from the off. <laughs> right from the fans greeting the buses as they came in. Every single Sevilla fan, 40,000 of them, 3,000 United fans. It was just like inspiring. It, it, it was like being in Argentina at times. It was just bouncing as it was when United played here in 2018. But I can't get away from the fact that United have gone out to a Spanish team yet again. I think that's the last nine times United have gone out of Europe. This is a mid-table team. They've had a terrible season. They only pulled away from relegation at the weekend. They didn't even play the strongest team at Old Trafford because they thought they were going to get trounced. They had a couple of moments. I'm gutted. I'm absolutely gutted. I've got to go to the final of this competition. I know nobody will have any sympathy for this because I've got to go to Budapest. But I'm just going to be there thinking, if only, what if, you know, it's just... I don't know. I, I invested a lot emotionally into this tournament because I think it's a good tournament. And when Arsenal went out, I thought, this is Manchester United's for, for the taking. United knocked out Barcelona, knocked out Betis. They've had miles better seasons than, than Sevilla. But you know within five minutes if United are going to turn up. Yeah. You just do, don't you? Yeah. And you just thought, oh, no. I'm struggling to remember five goals that are worse than those five that Sevilla have scored in those two games. <laughs> I mean, the two on goals at Old Trafford late on 
were awful. The, the first goal tonight was completely oh. self-inflicted, like I was trying to say a moment ago. Um, one's come off his shoulder, and then De Gea at the end just to top it off. I, I wonder, Laurie, actually, that error from David De Gea will become the symbol of tonight, I'm sure, um, for that third goal. And I wonder what that means for his future, but also a few of the other players involved tonight. Because obviously United were missing so many of the players who would have been playing. Varane, Martinez, Fernandez, Shaw would have started, Rashford would have started. Um, and the lads who came in um, just looked like backup players, didn't they, to those? Yeah, but the spotlight is on De Gea, I think, the most um, in this particular instance, because the timing of it is just really awkward. You know, yesterday, Eric Tanag was asked about uh, De Gea, you know, playing out from the back, and he, he's, you know, strongly defended him, said he's a multifunctional um, goalkeeper. He malfunctioned big time tonight. Um, that that last one was, it felt like he was an, he was striving to show that he could do, you know, the sweeper keeping, coming out, and, and but I don't know what he was trying to do with that, with that ball. It was just bizarre. I mean, okay, the game is perhaps lost already at that point. 2-0 goes to 3-0 but it just as you said it, it, it provided the kind of the lasting image that's in your mind and Eric Tanag was asked about it after the game by Samuel Lucas Manchester Evening News reporter who said can you actually say with conviction that he will be your goalkeeper next season and for the long term and Tanag's answer was he's got the most clean sheets in the Premier League he's shown he's more than a capable goalkeeper which is, is a fair point absolutely but is that Tanag, yes? well I think Tanag it's, it's the diplomatic answer isn't it it's, it's, the, it's the answer that probably is he knows ideally that he'd have a goalkeeper that can do more, uh, to, to, as he touched on pre-game, to um, alleviate uh, the press that comes from other teams and therefore it, it stops that this kind of momentum that Sevilla had from the get-go. If, if you have a goalkeeper that's more comfortable uh, passing out, uh, then that is a, a huge benefit. And I, but I think Tenag knows that De Gea is not really that goalkeeper. He's, he's, try, he's trying, you can see in different moments, but I think he reverted... He, 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 he looked cautious tonight in, in those instances when he had the ball at his feet because I think he, he put a pass out to the wing to Sancho, got it wrong, uh, it went out for a throw-in early doors and then the second time he had it was when he, he then passed to Maguire and, and that goal I think is, you know, obviously Maguire then airs massively by not sensing the danger, he could just boot it out really, he could set, I mean, he's got three players all of a sudden on him and I think also you, you do actually look at you know uh, Wan-Bissaka's positioning, Dalot's positioning. Were they available to take the ball? I don't think they were. So that's what allows the Sevilla players to leave them and go and press Maguire all at once. It was a really weird image, wasn't it? You, you very rarely see three players on one all at once, um, and two different players could have finished it really. Um, and, I, and 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 but I think that then it does it makes you have these long-term questions about De Gea, about Maguire. And then we'll perhaps touch on you know Sancho and Marshall as well. Um, that I think you know really failed uh, badly tonight as well. Um, but it, it was that kind of night where you think, okay, three 0 against a team that you should be beating. I know that they've beaten United twice before in European competition, but you know they, United should be beating Sevilla, and that this kind of performance gives you those big questions about what does Ten Hag do in the summer and beyond. Andy, what's he learnt about his players tonight, Ten Hag? I'm just worried that it's Groundhog Day, that we're having these conversations once a month where United are spectacularly bad. I think he's probably learned that some of these players are not good enough to play for Manchester United. And I think he was a manager who's got the best out of players on so many occasions. But there's some of these players where you think they're not Manchester United standard. Missing three of your best players clearly impacted on United, especially the two central defenders. 
Lissandro Martinez has been one of Manchester United's two or three most important players this season. Raphael Varane as well. Uh, Marcus Rashford uh, came off the bench because he's been injured. I think he'd learned that Bruno Fernandes is a really important player for Manchester United. Uh, there's just not enough from not enough players. Uh, Anthony Martial had a couple of moments at Forest at the weekend. He did nothing when he came here on loan this season last year. And it was the same all tonight. And when he limped off, you're just thinking, how long is this going to go on? It's just a cycle of continual injuries. We don't know how long he's going to be out for. I, I saw that Jadon Sancho was getting pelters. I actually thought there was a couple of moments in the first half where he looked United's brightest player. But that was a very dim first half for Manchester United. You do have to credit Sevilla. They were so up for it. They were, they were so charged by it, energised by the crowd. I've watched them several times this season. I've never seen anything like that from Sevilla. I think Eric Tanag's got to look at himself. I think he's got to take some of the blame as well because that team were coasting after 25 minutes and maybe coasting was a bad thing to do. United should have put four past them in the first half at Old Trafford. Sevilla were all over the shop and then got punished in the second half because injuries can kick in and did kick in. It can happen to any team. I think uh, Ten Hag is partially to blame for Manchester United going out of the Europa League. Just a big blow, you know, you, you come far in a competition and you travel, you go to Moldova, to Cyprus and you think this is the road to somewhere. You're sort of thinking all along, this is the road to Budapest. And then when it isn't, it just absolutely floors you. And it was like the perfect European away trip, this. Wonderful city, the weather's brilliant. Even in the months since we were here against Betis, I think it was 32 degrees today. Everyone was in a great mood. The Sevilla fans I spoke to before the match were, were really friendly. And, and then the game starts. And honestly, after two minutes, Ian, you just think it's this version of United. Yeah. And even in the second half, when was that goal conceded? 47, yet again. It's like 70 seconds into the second it, half, I think. But that, that happened at Anfield, didn't it? So, mm. have United actually played well when the team have lost this season? Arsenal, maybe? The rest of them, atrocious. I mean, United stink the place out when the team lose a match. And that was really, really poor tonight. I'm worried about the game against Brighton, who were very good at Wembley. But I'm also an idiot because I felt United would win this game tonight. I said it on the podcast. Mm. Not only that, I thought they'd win at half-time. I just thought to myself, going to come back here. Can't be this bad. There's been a few times where United have come back in the second half and improved and it has been a mark of a Ten Hag's team, but not tonight, not even close tonight. That was, that was woeful tonight. And five games against Sevilla, no wins. And why is it against the Spanish teams? This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Right, before we move it on and preview the semi-final against Brighton, also talk about Manchester United's women's side who provide us with a, a little bit of positivity on this podcast at least. Um, just one last question really, Laurie. This season, confusingly, has been one of promise at times with these reality checks. There's been times where we've talked about the T word on the podcast and times where we've doubted that Manchester United will even get in the top four. They've now got more points in the Premier League this season than in the entirety of last year but we're looking at some of the fixtures coming up and beginning to worry about the shape that United are in to face them. Even the goalkeeper, David De Gea, is leading the Golden Glove race in the Premier League and then having a night like he's having tonight. They've won a trophy already, but now they look more unlikely than ever to add to it. It's a very confusing mix of everything, isn't it? I'm finding it hard to understand now how good this season's been in this moment, how how well it might end. I'm I'm a bit confused by it all, really. What do you think? Yeah, there's there's a lot of conflict, isn't there, uh, around your sort of feelings uh, about players themselves individually, yeah, and then just wider than that, the club and Eric Ten Hag and, and the direction. Um, I think it, I think it's still positive because there's there's been some silverware picked up, and it does look like it's going to be top four. So I think if you said that at the start of the season, you would have gone, okay, that's good, that's that's progress. Um, I think. I suppose you- what about if you'd said that? In February. Well, no, because obviously at that point we were all getting giddy, weren't we? We were all getting carried away, um, you know, which we said we wouldn't do after the Bangkok International Cup, um, the big one. Uh, but uh, um, I think you can make the judgment at the end of the season, can't you? It's difficult to say whether a season's been good or, or what you can draw from it whilst you're in this sort of storm of, of matches. Um, but I did, I mean, one thing I, I sort of was wondering after the game, and I asked this about Eric Ten Hag, uh, was just, does a defeat like this really deflate a squad? Like, does it is it difficult to pick yourself back up after this particular, the manner of it, the fact that, as Andy said, it felt like they were on a journey somewhere to, to actually a really positive end. You know, Brighton, we'll, we'll touch on, on on Sunday in the FA Cup, it, they're a difficult team to play, <laughs> really good. You know, can United rouse themselves again for this finish? They obviously need to because they need to make sure that they finish in the top four. Um, but it just, it, yeah, it, it's creeping kind of concerns, I suppose. Um, that when you look at it, it, you know, they've won a lot of games this season. But as Andy says, when they have lost, it's been pretty dramatic, and that is a, 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 an alarming um, factor of it all. I still think that when the dust has settled, if Manchester United have finished in the top four and won a trophy, we will say this has been a successful season. I I just do. and Everyone will be despondent going into the game against Brighton, but that game's not been lost yet. Manchester United have tended to bounce back, but the defeats seem to be coming more frequent. It's been a weird week. I put my computer on the other day. There was an image of Laurie Whitwell wearing his underpants, jumping out of the screen at me. 50p underpants at that as well. I said to my wife, have you seen this, love? Am I, am I seeing this right here? She went, what on earth's going on? And He's been on some fitness regime, right? So he's been plugging his personal trainer and he's lost a bit of weight. And he's a fit lad, you know, he, he sort of came 
We know about his swimming, 27th in the North Cheshire left breaststroke <laughs> when he was 13. Left breaststroke. <laughs> Done his marathons. So if, you, if you're running half marathons in, how long did it take you to do? Two days. He's pretty fit. <laughs> but then he's there in his boxers wearing his £6 boxer shorts. 50 has gone up in price now. What on earth were you thinking when you put your underpants on? I know, yeah. No, Why in, didn't on, you look like you knew that you were taking a picture of yourself as well? That was the other bit I couldn't get my head around. Is it not okay to look normal on with a face that isn't like slightly confused at the, in the entire ex- experience? Yeah, I did look confused. Well, the videos, you know, so you sort of video something, and you take a screen with the picture. And listen, I'm, I'm obviously a novice at this kind of thing. It's part of the fitness regime. And, and Did yeah. your wife know you've done this? Did your wife know you're posting pictures of yourself with your four-pound underpants I, on I, I, on the I, internet? I actually sent her the well, pictures she in advance and said, what do you think of this? And what did she say? She, she, she replied oh, okay. with the flame emoji. It's time so, to get divorced, Laurie. What more validation do I need? <laughs> She's obviously been drinking one of them <laughs> drinks with a flame sure, coming out of it and, sure. I, and had about six of them <laughs> to approve that. Surely you know that her judgment is a bit shaky when she said yes, you know. Sure. Like, so but this isn't a new information. You look like a city fan. You've, you've basically you've raided your underpant drawer and gone. I'll put them three pound underpants on, and you've got there. Whoa, whoa. You've approved it yourself and gone. This looks really good. What underwear do you wear? Not. But you've got some Y fronts on, haven't you, mate? What, mate. Whatever he wears, it's not shorts. on Instagram, is it? So I'm not sure that that's a, an appropriate retort, right. really. Can the listeners get on Andy's case and say, Andy, get get a picture of you in your boxers? We want to see I'm it. Setting myself up here now. I ain't putting a picture of myself on in my boxers. There you go. Maybe this is something for the live show. Perhaps we can all show off our underwear. I'm not sure on the underwear. I, I, actually, I, I retract that because we need ticket sales, and I'm not sure that's going to convince anyone <laughs> to come. If you buy your if you buy your underwear from Poundland and you go public with it, expect to be called out on it. I'm sorry, I think that is a fair comment as a journalist. And this bit's not even going to make the edit, but I have no idea what you thought you were holding in both your hands as well, Larry, on that, on that <laughs> second picture. <laughs> I'm just adjusting the uh, £22.50 boxers that so you, I've, I'm wearing. You've lost um, weight. Are you fit now? You're proper in good shape now. What do you think? I, I, I can't see beyond them 50p boxer shorts, I'm sorry. I thought these were nice boxes. <laughs> Who on earth told you that they were nice boxes? You've got a hole in them. Have they actually? Anyway, where were we? Looking out over Seville Stadium. Brought a bit of life back to me. I'm, I'm still gutted, mate. I can't. I cannot hide this. I'm absolutely floored about this this result tonight. You're as flat as Laurie's lunchbox, aren't you, lad? <laughs> oh wow! Oh wow! Take it bad. I need to grow out of it. I mean, I'm an adult. You, you, I'm not playing on the pitch. You can't affect what's going on can, there can, can i try and rouse you a little bit andy so arouse me i've seen it <laughs> <laughs> oh wow go on try and cheer me up there we go uh united fans at the end they got yeah. locked in yeah they did they stayed and they sung you know so uh, <laughs> my, my brother didn't get locked in he was in the united and oh, he, he messaged me after 80 minutes said i cannot watch any more of this tell me your name of a bar and i'll meet you in there <laughs> so we'll go out with him but my brother's more of a character than you mate so oh, i'm telling well, you well coco's coco's open again i went i went last night again scene of the crime um i didn't learn well, my I'll have, we'll, have, we'll have a drink but i've got to go on television in the morning and do you know what else i've got to do this is for the athletic yeah. So I might as well tell people. I've got to interview a footballer tomorrow. Mysterious. And he knows I'm a Man United fan, this footballer. And he's a Leeds United fan. Big, big Leeds United fan. And his press officer is a big Leeds United fan as well. And they're basically saying to me, if Man United lose, you're going to have a really tough, tough phone call. 
and we've been absolutely battered, haven't we? So I'm going to have a few beers. I've got to go on the telly in the morning and then I've got to speak to a big Leeds United fan who's the captain of a very, very good football team. <sighs> Doesn't rain, it pours, doesn't it? Apart from in Andalusia where it hasn't rained since United came here in December. If, that bottom of the training camp. If, yeah. if you come to Coco's, Andy, there'll be people there that know you and like you. I was there last night, it was lovely. All right, listen. People come up to you and thank you, listeners, because it, it does, it does bring a smile to your face, walking to the ground, people saying hello to you. I had someone, after, after full time, I had some, a lad in front of me in the press box just hold up my Twitter profile and go, is that you? And I was like, yeah. He was like, nice one. And just shut my hand. I was like, that's a nice ending. After your pictures this week, I'm doubting your judgment, I'll be honest. <laughs> I, met, I, met two, I met two people from Sevilla today who live in the city, who know the city. I said to them, what is the best bar for me to go to at midnight tonight? And they recommended one street and one bar. Okay. All right. Okay. We give it a try, and we'll we'll talk about it on the next podcast. We'll talk about it on the next podcast. It's going to be a late one, isn't it? So, well, you're you're better in dealing this with this sort of stuff than I am. But we'll go out and have a drink. What are you going to order? Well, do you know what I got? I went to a bar last night, right? That's I think the oldest bar in Seville. Have you heard of this one? I, I think I've been in it. Is it a restaurant like five hundred years old? It's called uh, Galocci. Yeah. And it's it's the the, the bouncer that, outside. Beautiful. It's beautiful. Really ornate. Uh, and the bouncer is like this this old guy, I presume he's the owner, but a really cool guy, oh, like wonderful. wearing like sort of red that. chinos. I was taking a picture and he just put his thumbs up and was like, yeah, nice one. I got, uh, so in there, because it's like you know, spirits and stuff, they didn't do any cocktails, they just did me a Baileys uh, on ice in a big wine glass. They have Baileys in the coffees here in Spain. I went for lunch with an old Sevilla player today, described himself as the Casimiro. <laughs> Seriously, I did. The, the Casimiro of the Sevilla team from 15 years ago. I've, I've had a lovely day. I've met, I've met really nice people, United fans. We get so much feedback to the podcast. Well, well listeners, can I just describe what Ian's doing right now? He's sat back, um, he's, he's folded his arms, he's raising his eyebrow, and I've not even mentioned Anthony having a good game tonight. He's having a cup of his cup of tea, is it a swig of his cup of tea? He's just sitting back. You two finish yet? Come on, Ian. Come on. Well, Vegos came on, didn't he? He started trying to raise the tempo, and then is he? He, had, he had a chance to have a shot. And before oh, he shot, he just looked around, let on to 42,000 people. <laughs> in that time, the severe defence had time to tackle him and adjust it, it and block it. He should have passed it to Anthony. I know. You, you, in the press box, you can really see the pitch. Um, it's really great, you know, the, the runs and what have you. And, and you're just thinking, pass it to Anthony. And he takes a shot from 20 yards. I think that's, again, a consequence of him being out of the team and thinking, this is my moment to kind of, I don't know, stake a claim for Sunday or you know, prove myself. But I, th I do think that's a, another sort of long-term thing if, if you're in this situation if you're bringing on Bout Vegos to sort of go up top then be a number 10 Fred to come on as your number 10 you know I know Bruno's um, suspended but there, there wasn't you know Anthony Alanga came on at the very end you know out, out from the cold you know it, there isn't I know Garnacho's injured but there isn't like you know that a, bench was weak tonight wasn't it? yeah so that's something that's a, a long-term issue I want to take you two back to the conversation we had after the last podcast which was it's going to be really late after the game in Seville we're going to keep it to a really tight half yeah, an hour right. and the pair of you just been rabbiting on for 10 minutes <laughs> about what you've done today and about Vegor. so we're going to take a quick break now and then we'll preview the game against Brighton and talk about the women's team I promise this episode is supported by FX's Welcome to Wrexham 
Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League Two after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the team's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher league. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenge and rise again into League One? FX is welcome to Wrexham. All new Thursdays on FX. Stream on Hulu. Right, let's just squeeze it in then. The Manchester United women's team got a magnificent result this week in the WSL, taking a big step towards the WSL title after, of course, making the FA Cup final. What a great week it's been, actually. That's one thing for us to smile about, isn't it? And once again, Carl was there. Here's his report. Hello, it's Carl Anker from a rather rowdy Lee Sports Village. I've just watched United do a lap of honour after they've won 1-0 over Arsenal in a really scrappy, rather snippy game at the top of the WSL. Uh, United's winning goal comes from Lisa Russo in the 45th minute plus six of a stoppage time period that should have been a minimum of five. Uh, so much stoppage time was given due to an injury to Leah Williamson uh, in this TBC as to what her status will be both for the rest of the Arsenal season and the World Cup as well. The Lionesses will definitely need her. But in this game, United's game plan very much seemed to be to release quite a few balls to Leah Galton out wide. They couldn't quite make those balls stick. They were going for a lot of direct attacks. Um, but there were a lot of times where they were doing a lot of lob passes rather than playing on the deck and trying to make things work. Arsenal, very depleted throughout all their injuries this season, were trying to play out the back from their back four, suck on a United press and then play around them. United, a bit too clever for that. Starts the first half. Uh, second half, Arsenal went to a back three. Um, began pressing United a lot more. Their wing backs were getting high up the field and it really seemed if they want to get to the space behind Nikita Paris and to honor Batier. Uh, United grit and ground their way through Mary Earps in particular made a couple of saves and also her command of her back four was great Aoife Manon was immense at the back for Man United gets player of the match for just a tremendous centre-back performance really 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 good command of the box there uh, United eventually returned to a back five in the last ten minutes and ground it out they are may now join Manchester City and Chelsea as the only teams to defeat Arsenal home and away in the WSL season and, and now the top good you know, a bit of breathing room in those Champions League places and it looks as if maybe maybe they just might do it and win their very first ever WSL title uh, Chelsea still in the hunt two games in hand but things are spicing up and I believe there's only well, less than a handful of games now things on four now so let's see what Mark Skinner's team can do yeah, Andy, only four games left now for the women's side in the WSL. The six for Chelsea, though, they are the danger team, as um, Carl was pointing out in his little report there. Uh, but brilliant position for United to be in and a great result the other night. Great result. I think if United finish in the top three this season and get into the Champions League, that will be a success. But that seems quite modest when you see that the team at the top of the league, four points clear of Chelsea. Clearly, Chelsea one of the best teams in women's football in the world. Manchester United haven't come close to hitting the heights that, that they've hit. They've got a semi-final against against Barcelona. And then Manchester United have got a cup final as well. So, you know, top three finish and a cup final. But I, I thought that that win against Arsenal, there was a good crowd there. That was a huge result. Manchester United need one more really big result. There's a game against Manchester City. I think the Aston Villa game will be a tough one because it's not just Villa's men's team who are doing well 
But th this has been a really successful season so far uh, for Manchester United's women's team. Been, been really encouraging. Yeah, you can tell the progress that they're making because they've now got their very own Andy Mitten standard of quality, uh, as Carl Anker would, would call it. So that, that tells you everything you need to know. Perhaps that will be something enjoyable for us to talk about when we're at our live show on Wednesday, the 17th of May. Just a quick reminder about that. Again, we are doing our very first Talk of the Devils live. Tickets are £25 plus booking fee. Go and look at our social media if you want to buy a ticket, although don't follow the link that Andy Mitten put on his Instagram stories. Which yeah. I spent about ten minutes I'm trying to press on. To do this I yeah, are, thanks seriously. for that, Andy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got I got told off. I got, really got told off by my wife Andy. for that. Yeah, I bet you did. Yeah, <laughs> I did yeah. within ten minutes. Maybe I should tell people it's a lot easier just to go to myticket.co.uk and search for Talk of the Devils live. Don't go to Andy Mitten's Insta stories. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll, we'll do another one. Do another one with Laurie if if he gets in a bar because he's basically dressed like a tennis player from 1982. Well, I've got real doubts about him getting in a bar since he's been to the tonight. cathedral to that upmarket flea market thing. He's not taking these Adidas jackets off. Every time I've seen him, he's got one on. <laughs> Zips right up to the top like a true Mancunian. He's doing that out of respect to Brighton, um, dressing like 1983 <laughs> as a repeat from the 1983 <laughs> Cup final. Right, let's talk about that game against Brighton then. Should be much better than tonight, Laurie, shouldn't it? Because our recent performances against Brighton have given us real optimism going into this semi-final. Come on, you Reds. We've got their number, absolutely. If, if Sevilla are United's European kryptonite, are Brighton... United's domestic kryptonite. I mean, how many times have they shown up United? Obviously, the 2-1 the early this season, at the start of the season, uh, when Graham Potter was their manager, that feels like a long time ago, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, you know, the 4-0 uh, last season, um, and they're in a really good way, aren't they? I mean, they should have beaten Spurs, you know, atrocious officiating that denied them that victory at Tottenham yeah. Hotspur Stadium. They did beat Chelsea, battered them. Um, I know Evan Ferguson came up with an injury, so you know I don't know if he's if he's going to be back for the game or not. But Danny Welbeck, you know we know him well from United. He he, he, he just has sort of an Indian summer here, isn't it? Like it's uh, is that what it's called? An Indian summer? Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking that is it a winter? Is it a, no, an autumn? No, it is a summer. Okay. Yeah, he's, he's having a Sevillan spring, isn't he? There we go. Yeah. <laughs> he's got a Sevillan spring with that jump that he nicely done. Latched onto the uh, the crossbar and, and put it away at Stamford Bridge. Um, uh, but they're a team that absolutely know what they're about. I spoke to somebody that, that understands the uh, the side, and he says that Deserby has yeah. progressed them from what Potter was doing. You know, yeah. Potter had them understanding their roles, fluid movement, but just in that final third, not really scoring enough opportunities, not creating enough. Whereas now, you know, they get men into the box. You've got Matoma, who's a real threat. McAllister, uh, very technical player. Solly March having his best season ever for Brighton. So they're, they're, they're a team, and, and they'll have rest. You know, they've got a whole week hey, to prepare exactly. for this. Exactly. United are going to go straight to London, aren't they? Not going to go back yeah. to, to Manchester. I'm not feeling it. I'm sorry. I, I wish I was, but you know, I'm, I've seen how good Brighton are. I saw a quote this week from Pep Guardiola saying that they're the best team in the world at building from the back. Yeah. Well, they, do, they do this thing, don't they, now, where it's a, they sort of pause on the ball in defence, like yeah. Lewis Dunkel, and, and he'll just sort of wait and, and invite the pressure on and then play it. I mean, it's, it's like, you know, I mean, imagine if United tried that this, you know, tonight against Sevilla. Like, they did try it well, tonight, didn't they? Well, I do, I do. I'm just not feeling it. I'm, you know, I'm looking forward do, to do, going to London, so to do, going to do Wembley. Do you think they're going to beat? 
United. I don't think he's ever said that on the podcast ever. This would be a first. And that's no, what I'm no. thinking. That's what I'm. I, I this know. is how this is how down he is. This is I what know. I'm thinking. We really need to get you out in Seville, don't we? I know. But I know. I, I, I know what I know what you're saying. Just because it felt chaotic tonight, it felt like a that was terrible tonight. It throwing was, it some was stuff terrible. out there and seeing what happened towards the end of the game. What do you think can change, Laurie, between tonight and then? What what can Eric Ten Hag do differently? Because personnel wise, it doesn't seem like a massive amount he can do. The changes at half time maybe point towards what the starting lineup will be but th- th- there's not a huge amount of difference is anyone back well, well Br- Br- Bruno Fernandes is back oh, of yeah. course. So Bruno's you've, back. So you've got that midfield that hasn't lost you know Christian Eriksen Bruno Fernandes Casemiro 17 matches they started they've won 15 and drawn 2 Christian Eriksen I told him that start yesterday that he didn't know about it so hopefully that's not jinxed that as well um but so there's that that gives you comfort. Obviously, Rashford, you, you think he'll start, right? Mm. I don't think he would have liked to have brought him on at half time uh, tonight because I think he probably just felt like you know that's you know, you know break, break the emergency glass there. But he did. He had to. He had to make those changes really because United were just so um, you know they were getting beaten up by Sevilla. So I think he'll come into the starting lineup. But how long Marshall's out for? It was disappointing really to see him. I don't know what the injury is, and you don't want to sort of speak ill of somebody. But it was you know two nil. He goes down and yeah. kind of thinking. I don't know, it, it, it felt like you'd, you'd needed people to sort of step up and he, he was limping to be fair as he came off and walked around the, the touchlines but I don't know how long that'll, that'll leave him out for. Luke Shaw was, was um, had a, took a knock but he, he played on through it. Um, he's had a tight hamstring obviously in the last um, couple of weeks so I guess he'll start as well um, if, if he's you know if the knock's not too bad but um, yeah, you, ne- you never know, they, they could turn it, they've been to Wembley before uh, this season and they've, they've, they've ground it out so so maybe that they'll still have that kind of I don't know that, that memory to, to, to fall back on but yeah I know what you mean it's not like it's going to be the lights have totally just gone fresh. out the lights have just gone out yeah, in the stadium that's a sign. you know when Brighton nearly went under about 20 years ago I wrote some really supportive articles about them because they had an absolute shyster of an owner they got turfed out the, the Goldstone ground they had to play away games in Gillingham which was a 100 mile round trip and it's a real, real bad situation for Brighton fans. Um, I think the football community and the fanzine community at the time were very supportive of, of Brighton, and, and I certainly was. I sort of regret that now, because if they would have gone under, <laughs> then we might not be playing but them this it, week. It, it is, That's a bit tight. I watched them play at, um, at an athletics track nine years yeah, ago at Withdean. Yeah, it's cra- yeah, crazy, isn't it? But that, that, that just shows you, Tony Bloom, the owner, yeah. he's an owner that cares. Yeah. He's involved on a day-to-day basis. He's smart. Yeah. And he's got people in positions there that absolutely punch above their weight and their, their recruitment is absolutely second to Brilliant. Brilliant. And I think we've got an article on this uh, coming up on the athletic if people want to do Built the stadium, finally. Built a new training ground, absolute success of a football club. I, I, I totally um, get that. They're just getting a bit too big for the boots and need stopping, don't you think, I, this weekend? I used to watch Tony Bloom on late night poker. I don't know if anybody else did. You know, like back back in the day when poker started becoming like a bit of a thing, and he was like, you know, I mean, obviously that's, that's his business, isn't it? Gambling and, and uh, yeah, you could tell then it was a shrewd guy, but I didn't sort of project that he would be this sort of uh, figure in football up to this point. I can see you actually like flicking through the old cable, going to look for the poker and stopping at QVC. Oh, those boxers are nice, actually, aren't they? How many? Two for a five. <laughs> I love a bit of that. <laughs> Maybe good for an Instagram post. Anyway, right, the lights going out, I think, at the stadium is a, a sign that we should be wrapping this up. We've not even had a chance, have we, to talk about the takeover and the latest status of that for Manchester United. But if you want to know more about it, there's some more fascinating articles on The Athletic now from Mark Critchley, Matt Slater, Peter Rutzler and Joey Durso. So go and check those out.
Andy, you've got your finger up. There was a flag in the United end tonight. Um, glazes out, no autocrats. So I thought that was quite interesting. That was a game. Is that the first uh, time you've seen something like that? Yeah, that is interesting. Yeah, I think I think it is, um, and that was hanging from from the first tier. So it, it it shows that some people are definitely against the idea of Qatari ownership. Yeah, well, there's lots of articles on the Athletic, like I say, about that as well. And before we go, a reminder: we will be live at Manchester's New Century Hall on Wednesday, the 17th of May. Tickets are priced at £25 plus booking fee. We'd absolutely love to see you there. Andy's going to do another post now on Instagram and make sure that he gets the link absolutely spot on. <laughs> Laurie will walk him through it step yeah. by step. He'll forget all about it and do the same mistake next week it. like he, he does with his microphone. <laughs> but anyway, if you don't see that, just go to myticket.co.uk and search for Talk of the Devils Live. Finally, we have Andy Mitten smiling. <laughs> I hope you're smiling at home as well because there was much to smile about tonight in Seville. Manchester United are out of Europe, but we'll be back at Wembley on Sunday, whatever happens in that semi-final against Brighton. Let's hope for better. Andy Laurie, thank you very much for joining us over there. Enjoy yourselves tonight at Coco. And guys at home, thank you for listening as well. We'll see you on the next one. Bye-bye. <laughs> I'm going to have to go and re-evaluate my wardrobe, aren't I? You should be f***ing buying Calvin Klein's or Wait, it's not your wardrobe, it's your choice of posts. Like, it's fine wearing those pants. I had to do it. To yourself, Wait, mate, you know? I had to do it. In next boxer shorts. He's giving me shorts, though. Like, no, yeah, I didn't, I just didn't, when he, I just thought I was sending them to him. Yeah. Uh, and then, and then, then I realised, then I realised, oh, fuck, I'll have to use these as the before and after. So anyway, but it was too late by that point. It's done now, isn't it? It's it out there. Bad. Yeah, if it was that bad, we wouldn't be taking the mick out of it. Quite this is much, true. Would we? Just yeah, true. yeah. I, 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 did, I should have said. Oh, I should have said. I had someone post uh, to me. Enough of this Love Island shite. Stick to the football. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, fair, fair point. <laughs> the Athletic.